Proverbs says, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, health to the bones. Pastor Ray Bentley comments. The power of a speech is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to human beings. If you will believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and then if you will say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, then thou shalt be saved. The power of words and communication. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. The tongue is a curious member of the body. It can cause such damage when words are used inappropriately. It can cause such joy when words are used well. And the tongue is involved in our confession of faith. Well, let's get the full story on guarding our words as Pastor Ray begins today's study. James chapter 3, we're going to be talking today about the tongue, the power of the tongue. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we come before you and pray and ask that the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts, lead and guide us now into the truth. May the truth set us free as we have never been set free before. May we not only hear it, but may we perceive it and may we understand it. We can't do this with our human mind or our natural reasoning but Father, it comes by divine revelation. It comes by seeing the truth, where all of a sudden we see it, and we don't know quite how we were able to see it other than that it is a gift from you. I pray that you will open minds and eyes, the eyes of our understanding, and therefore then may we open our hearts to the Word of God. May the seed of life be planted firmly deeply into our hearts, and may we believe what we hear, and in mixing belief with what we hear, may we bear fruit, and the fruits of the Spirit, love, and joy, and peace. We ask these things in Jesus' wonderful name, and everyone said, amen. Look with me in verses uh, one and two. He says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect or mature, complete man, able also to bridle the whole body. It would seem that there were some interesting meetings going on in the early church. I've mentioned before that James is probably the oldest book of the New Testament. It was probably the first one written, even before the, the Gospels were written. So this means that the resurrection story is fresh. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 souls were saved was fresh. On Pentecost, which is the day they commemorate the giving of the law, what's interesting is that if you go back in the Old Testament, the, the actual day the law was given the Bible tells us 3,000 people died on that day because the mountain was holy and God put his presence and put a fence and said, hey, be careful and stay back. And anyway, that 3,000 died. 
So here on the Pentecost in the New Testament, 3,000 souls are saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. It brings life. This new covenant where God writes his law in our minds and within our hearts. Not too long after that, another 5,000 got saved. So already you've heard of two groups where 8,000 are saved. The church is growing exponentially by the hundreds and by the thousands. They did not meet in nice buildings like you and I are in. Now, they, they generally had to meet in homes that would overflow obviously quite quickly and they spread out throughout the city of Jerusalem. But miracles were happening. You, you might have Barnabas sharing on, on uh, one Sunday or Sabbath and then you would have uh, Paul and then you would have Peter and then you might have James here. And miracles were happening and, and it was the, the same Lord and the same ministry that had begun in his life was now continuing in the church, in the birthday of the church. So these meetings were very exciting and apparently there were a lot of these new and younger uh, Jewish believers who looked up to the Pauls and the Barnabases and the James and Peters and Johns and so forth. They said, hey, I wanna be like that. I wanna be up in front of people I want to be able to answer all of their questions. I want to have a position. I, I want to be the center, as it were, of attention. And so James, in this fresh, new, you know, thriving, exciting, dynamic community, says, whoa, wait a second, guys. Let not many of you be teachers, number one, because you will bear a stricter judgment. In other words, he reminds them, one day, as a teacher, you will stand before God and you will have to give an account. Number one, does your life match what you are teaching others? Or is there hypocrisy? And, you know, not that you're perfect, but the idea is there will be a day of reckoning that is coming. Secondly, is what you taught the truth? Or did you use the word of God for yourself? Uh, did you use the word of God deceitfully? Did you teach false doctrine? Did you lead people astray? So with that, you know, I, I say to you here, so here I'm preparing and studying and getting ready for James and thinking about all this, and I, it kind of was sobering for me to realize that I am one day going to stand before God, give an account personally for my own life and how I live the scriptures in comparison to how I teach you, and then have I taught you faithfully what the Word of God actually says. And, and it's, a, it's a sobering thought. And so what it made me want to just say and take this moment uh, for a shameless plug, will you please pray for your Pastor Ray? <laughs> pray for me. Man, that's what, uh, they were always asking for prayer. Paul asked for prayer, Peter asked for prayer. So I am, I am serious, man, pray for me. Will you pray for me as your pastor? And I know many of you do. It's a sobering thought. Let me just say this. I started pastoring when I was 20 years old. And I, I just want to say I am so glad that the tapes of my messages when I was 20 are no longer available to any of you. <laughs> you cannot find them. And I'm glad because, you know, back, if you had known me back then, I was a very, you know, a good student and read the commentaries and... I felt uh, the obligation and the pressure of wanting to have all the answers to everybody's question. And uh, amazingly, at 20 years of age, I thought I knew. I knew all the answers. Now, I have learned so much more than I knew then. 
and yet with all that I have learned, real knowledge has a way of absolutely humbling you. And, and really, the, the deeper I get and the more things that God reveals to me, and I will say, even in the last two years, I'm not just living off things I learned in the past. I am getting fresh understanding, fresh revelation, fresh experience of the Lord, even in the last two years more than in any other time. But having said that, I am humbled by how much I still don't know. Now, there are certain things that, that we know and that we don't compromise on Christ and the deity of Christ and salvation and by grace through faith and the resurrection and all of that. But there are other areas that there can be differences and that there are within the body. Having said all of that, I just say, be careful. Now, on the other hand, I don't want to discourage you from being a, a home fellowship leader or if you desire to be an elder, the Bible says that's a good thing. I don't want to discourage you from facilitating or discipling one or two or three others. But I think it's probably healthy just to say, realize it's a, it's a heavy responsibility and, uh, and that we will give an account one day for the things that we teach. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 is in your notes. Let's read this scripture out loud together. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And by the way, there are people who use the Bible to manipulate. And be careful how, you know, not everything that is on the internet is true. And there are people that use the Bible and, and then they go off. And so really, really be careful. The things that you read and the things that you know. Uh, here Paul was saying, we don't use the word deceitfully, but we use it to edify you and to bless you. Now, the power of speech and the power of the tongue. The power of speech is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to human beings. One of the things that I will often say here is God is good. And you say, all the time. And then I will say, all the time. And you respond that God is good. Why do I do that? And I do want, uh, and, I, and I understand, because I have people sometimes that go, man, you had me say that, and it was not a good week. You know, and I, you know what? I know that. And guess what? Pastors have bad weeks too. But why do I have you say God is good all the time, all the time that God is good. And I have you say it with your mouth. Number one, because it is true. Number two, because sometimes when our lives are not, man, I'm not feeling it, I'm not seeing it, you are speaking, trusting, and faith into your life and into your circumstances. By faith, that God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I know that there, there, you know, all of us in a sense, if I had a canvas behind me and I said, okay, uh, here's your life and you're, you start painting your life. And there was a time that you didn't have your dad's hand helping to make the picture that he had in mind. You as it were, grab it out of the master artist's hand and you start making some marks on your own. Then you reach a point at which you go, oh my goodness, I have blown it, I have I've made horrible, horrible mistake. 
And the gospel is that no matter how many, you know, bad, uh, wrong marks that you have made, know this about your father. He knew from before the foundations of the earth what you would do when you were in charge of your own life. He knew every failure, every weakness, every flaw, and every mistake. But he also knew that there would come a time where you would say, I'm so sorry, Father, forgive me of my sins. I don't want control anymore. I have made a mess. I give you back, as it were, the paintbrush of my life. Is there anything that you can do? Trust me, your Father in heaven is such a masterful artist that no matter what marks wrongly you have made, he can turn them into the most glorious, beautiful, seen, he can heal anything, anything. He can heal everything. He can turn every painful failure into something that honors him and glorifies him and, and is beautiful in your life. That's how good that he is in your life and in my life. One of the things that when he gets hold of us, and we need, you know, we say, okay, we say this sinner's prayer. Isn't it amazing that if you will believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and then if you will say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, then thou shalt be saved. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray's homecoming to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. We love you, Pastor Ray, and we miss you. What a blessing that we were all able to hear and experience God through his passion for the Word and his ability to simplify and make things humorous and fun. I miss his contagious laugh. He had the best laugh. God, please be with his family and friends. At Maranatha Radio, the love and support the Bentley family have received is overwhelming and very much appreciated. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to ray at raybentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now, the power of speech and the power of the tongue. If you look at the, uh, the universe, let alone the universe, let's just look at the planet Earth. Who has the power of speech? The mountains talk? No. Rocks? No. Grass? No. Flowers? No. Trees? No. They're beautiful. They make sounds as the wind passes through them and water and water, you know, in the brook and going over the rocks and it can be beautiful. Nature makes beautiful sounds. Paul in Romans 8 even says that you can hear the groanings of creation waiting for the redemption or the coming of the Lord to be healed. Because one of the things God will remove from the earth, because of our disobedience, the, the, the earth was cursed, the soil was cursed and there's bad lands and wastelands and deserts. And that's why when the feet of Jesus touch the earth, it says the deserts will blossom like the rose. He will heal them. There's a, one of the prophets, Jeremiah, said that the trees, because it says when Jesus' feet, the Creator, touch the Mount of Olives, the earth, the whole earth shakes. And the trees, it says, beautifully will clap their hands for joy that the Savior has come back. And the, you know, the proverbial lion lying down with a lamb. Now the animals, they can communicate, but they don't have speech as you and I do. 
But then you go to mankind. And mankind has this tongue and this capacity not only to communicate truth and ideas and to make things, but even abstractly to describe feelings and emotions and levels of communication of who you are and what you think and how you feel on the inside to another human being. And the beauty of that communication is it is a reflection of God himself. God said, let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness. Both male and female created he them with the power of speech. Let me quote to you from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now no man hath at any time seen God, but the only begotten Son, who is from the bosom or the heart of the Father, he has declared him and made him known. In other words, and I'll put it in, in this phrase, God spoke a message. In fact, you know, in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did he do that? And God said, light be, and light was. But finally, God wanted to do more than just create and even the creation of man and the garden paradise. He said, man, I love you. And when God communicated his love in words, it turned into the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the message of the love of God for you and for me, standing at the door of our hearts and knocking, saying, let me come in and I will bring you eternal life. So we look at the life of Jesus, we have in, in the Gospel of John, the seven I am statements. Because in the Old Testament, when they asked God, what is your name? God said, my name is I am. I am that I am. When Jesus came along, he filled in what God's name meant as I am. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He filled in for us all of those things. And that's why man, everything, everything leads to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You want to know God, go to Jesus. In Jesus, you will see him, know him, feel him, experience him, and grow in him. So this tongue that we have, the tongue of tongues, the highest use of the human tongue then, as we're made in the image of God, is praise. The highest use and the highest language, if you will, the tongue of tongues is to praise our Father who is in heaven, to glorify him, to worship him. With the tongue, you can praise God. With your tongue, you worship God. With your tongue, you adore him. With your tongue, you preach the word. With your tongue, you lead others to Christ. With your tongue, in the name of Jesus, you heal the sick. With your tongue, you're able to bless others in the name of the Lord. What an awesome privilege and blessing is this gift called the tongue. But at the same time, as James will now share with us, the tongue, that same tongue can spread lies. That same tongue can literally break a human heart. That same tongue can ruin a reputation. 
It is therefore important to learn how to control our speech according to the nature of our Father who is in heaven. It's not only that you need to get saved, but our tongue needs to get saved. Amen? Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever, and, and be as honest as you can, have ever said something, words have come out of your mouth, and you regret that you said those things? Anybody with me on that? Woo! Have you ever had the experience where, you know, just you let, you let it kind of fly, or your emotions took over, and words are coming out of your mouth, but even as the words are coming out, you're going, no, come back. But it's too late. And then you feel like an idiot for you know, a long time. What can you do? James is now going to use six different illustrations to give us various pictures of the tongue and its power. The bridle in the horse's mouth, the rudder of a ship. It can be like a fire. Uh, the tongue also can poison, uh, like a poisonous animal, snake. It can be a fountain or a spring can also be like a fig tree. So let me read to you now verses one through four in that context. He says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things, but if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect, or as I mentioned, complete mature man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits or bridles in horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Now you have no doubt heard the phrase loose lips sink ships, but have you also recognized that loose lips also sink lives? Did you know that your tongue is the one member of your body that if it's uh, not under control because of something you said, force every other member of your body to defend itself? That's how powerful that little tongue is. And um, so he uses, even though the tongue is the, you know, a small member of our body, he uses analogies from nature like the bridle or bit in a horse's mouth or the rudder of a large ship. It's small by comparison, but it's able to direct. He's talking about our need for our tongue to come under the wise hands and control of our Savior and Lord. Now amazingly, with a horse, you can get a little 100-pound girl on a 1,200-pound horse with all that raw power and because of her skill and ability, she can guide and direct that horse or literally leap over, jump over things. So also with a, a ship, it can be this monstrous ship. You have a tiny rudder. And with all the waves and currents of the ocean and the strong winds against that ship, that tiny little rudder under control can guide you and direct you to the place that you want to go. It is very, very, therefore, important that we give our tongues to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit. Pastor Ray Bentley, pointing out the significance of our tongues and how we need to surrender them, along with the rest of us, to the control of the Spirit. Good insight today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, The Power of the Tongue. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com. That's RayBentley.com. 
When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His final book, As the Days of Noah, is a prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicle series. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return. The whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.